Hey, Coach, how are you? I'm good. How's it going? I'm, I'm okay. Thank you very much. Um, I don't know if you heard your clip from Saturday night. You know what you said. And, you know, obviously that's in the heat of the moment. Now you've had a couple of days to dissect it, break down the tape. You know, your team was in it the whole game. Yes, there were some mistakes. Yes, there were some, some drop balls. Did you feel any different about that game now? Uh, no. No. no, I usually speak it how I see it. And, uh, you know, like I, I heard you say we blew a 14-point lead, but we only had a 14-point lead for like eight seconds. <laughs> That's true. Because uh, as soon as we blocked the punt, we gave up the uh, the 104-yard kickoff return. Uh, we just, you know, we just did things. Just You're right. There was some good football, some great performances. Um, things were there. It was an opportunity to win a game. Uh, we weren't able to do it, and I have to, you know, as a team, as a coach, all of us have to look in the mirror because they did some good things. I mean, they are a good team, and they're at home, and, and obviously uh, I do think they're as good as anybody. Uh, but we had our chances if we just took care of our own business. Uh, since you since you mentioned the, the big kickoff return after the 14 nothing lead, uh, is, is that kicking to a spot that just went wrong? Is that missed assignment? How did that, uh, you know, how did that happen? Well, I mean, they've got good athletes, too. We, mm-hmm. we're, we're dealing right now with our injury thing. I think what's lost with a lot of people is when you see injuries, you always think of, oh, this starter isn't playing or this guy's out on offense or defense. But we're bringing guys in to play special teams that have been on the street. And there's, um, you know, there's probably a reason they're on the street is, you know, ultimately there's other players that uh, have produced more. Uh, and then they don't know our system. They don't know how we play. And, and I know Mark, I, I sit in Mark's meetings, Mark Killam. Uh, I know he goes over stuff, but, it, you know, it's still tough to get these guys up to speed where they need to do and what they, where they need to be in, in, in four or five days. But that has suffered a little bit. But, uh, you know, we made our own plays as well. We ran a fake punt and got it, got a first down, didn't do anything offensively, but it helped move the field position and obviously blocked a punt for a touchdown. So, our special teams had their moments as well, but we're still, uh, yeah, we need to be better on our coverage teams. We don't really have a, a stud right now that's, you know, in the past, Wynton McManus, uh, Dwayne Norman, I mean, guys that Will was hurt, Will Langley. Uh, we are definitely losing a little bit of our guys as far as uh, those great cover guys. Uh, you know, and, and I know you don't want to make excuses, and you never will make excuses, Coach. But you know, we made those we made those points for you on Saturday night. Twelve starters gone from last year's Great Cup championship team. Other, you know, either signing with other teams, signing with the NFL, or retirement. You got thirteen players on the six-game injured list, and you know, you look at some of the names like Brad Erdos, Don Jackson, Kamar Jordan, Bo Levi Mitchell, Junior Turner. They're starters. You know, Flo Romilade, probably a, a penciled-in starter at the at the start of the season too so that just sort of uh, makes the dominoes fall a little bit quicker because you lose all the starters so you, I, I guess what i'm trying to say is we, we knew it was going to be a little bit of a transition year for the calgary stampeders you don't you don't win the gray cup in june or july you just want to make sure you keep your head above water and then play your best football down the stretch is, is that a fair assessment yeah, you're doing my job for me, Chuck. I mean, uh, no, I mean, listen, we still think we can win every game. And, and the, you know, the two losses we've had, we felt like a lot of our problems were self-inflicted. Then again, we won a game we probably had no business winning. So um, no excuses. You're right. I think we're getting some good performance. I mean, Chris Casher is showing up at DN. Cordero had a heck of a game. Uh, so, you know, in our linebacking, you know, yeah, we lose Alex, but we feel good. Uh both Nate Hawley and Greenwood have, have really, to me, stepped in and done a great job. 
Witten's still fighting an injury that people probably don't know about, but he's fighting through it. Um, but I think that play is good, and I think our secondary is getting better. Um, offensively, we don't have a lot of excuses for dropping balls. Those are veteran guys. Obviously, Eric had a tough game. Um, you know, it's like a quarterback that throws three or four interceptions. You know, you, you don't expect it. It can still happen, and hopefully it doesn't happen again. It's such a great point because Eric Rodgers is probably, from my perspective, the least of your concerns. Yes, it was a bad game, and yes, he owns it as a player, but all this guy has done is score touchdowns for this team. What, 30, 38 starts, and he's been in the end zone 29 times? So I guess we're all human. Yeah, and a couple of those weren't right on the money. It's just you're so used to Eric catching everything. Right. Um, you know, and the, he does the two low balls. Um, yeah, I do believe probably one of the two he could have caught. The other one was pretty low. Um, you know, and then it kind of does mess with your head a little bit, and obviously he took a big hit from Simone. I don't even really consider it a drop because uh, that was a huge hit, a uh, legal hit, too. So, um, anyway, it was not his night. We also had other guys at fumbles. Uh, you know, both Marquise and Reg. Reg played a hell of a game, but, uh, you know, we got a big play. We got the first down. We're getting out of our end, and then we cough it up. Uh, those are those are tough to overcome, especially when, you know, obviously uh, we're playing such a good team, and we're not playing maybe at the same high level we have in the past. As a head coach, I get it. You're allowed to call the players out. That's part of your job. Uh, I, I really respected what Nick Arbuckle said after the game. Nick Arbuckle, true leader, he wasn't going to throw his teammates under the bus. Give a listen to what Nick said on our postgame show. Uh, yeah, but it's it's it's. Not, I never put it on the receivers. There's definitely um, better throws I could have made, made it easier on them to catch the football. And um, I, I threw Eric into traffic where he got hit by Simone pretty good. And, um, you know, I can't do that to my receivers as well. So, you know, I just got to be better with the football and making sure that our guys uh, have the best chance to make plays as well. Is that scripted from the Dave Dickinson School of Quarterbacking? Uh, basically, yeah. <laughs> he played He played well. Um, listen, he's right, though, and that's the same as a coach, is that because you're going to get all the credit. You're going to get the credit, obviously, when it goes well. And so uh, even though you're, you're a team, uh, you, if you've got you know, wide shoulders and you know you can handle it, he believes in that too. He believes in it. He's not out there just spouting. He knows that he needs to be better. Uh, but, you know, for his second start in a hostile environment against one of the best teams in the league, he made enough plays for us to win. Uh, took care of the football, uh, made some real pivotal throws. And it just, honestly, though, it just wasn't quite our day in, in lots of areas. Okay, a couple of things before I take a break and, and bring the uh, the listeners in for some questions and texts. And, and, and the first one is, you own this after the game, so I, I don't want to throw you under the bus here, but uh, I know the callers are already asking about in the text line your decision to go for the 51-yard field goal at the end of the first half because, you know, having that return 114 yards by Brandon Banks obviously was a turning point. I know the wind was a factor in this game, but you had the win in that situation. Uh, take us through your thought process. Well, we got one of the best kickers in the league, and like you said, 48 seconds. If you punch, you've just given up. You've just given up. They just, what are you gonna do? Get a single? Uh, it's a, it's a, it is a gamble. I mean, you you understand that to, with Banks back there, you're you're potentially uh, you could give up a big play. I play to win, though. I mean, I'm not gonna worry about. Uh, I don't play to coach for our guys to make mistakes or to not execute their jobs, and I think. With the wind, I think Renee's probably 75%, 80%. Hopefully the ones he misses, we don't give up a touchdown. Uh, we did. So when you look back, you don't like it. You, know, you maybe think you could have done something differently. But uh, 
Um, you know, I'll take it as well, but I, that's how I coach, and that's how I played, and that's how it's going to be. So people can question it all they want. Would you rather just play conservative and just try to hold on, or are you going to try to win? Uh, we're always going to be the team trying to win. No doubt about it. Love that philosophy. Uh, what about Michael Klukas? He gets he gets hit early in this game, doesn't return. I'm I'm guessing, you know, probably through concussion protocol. Yeah, I think it was a little bit more neck. Um, okay. He got like a stinger, uh, but it's still with a hit up in that area. Uh, he looked pretty good today, as far as uh, it looks like he was himself. We'll be careful. Um, that's that's our philosophy. That's what we do. Uh, but it was good to see, you know, his, his personality's there. And, uh, you know, to me, it looks like he's he's on the right track. Dave, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to put you on hold. We're going to come back with the head coach of the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, he joins us after every single Stampeder game. As a matter of fact, we're going to get some bonus Dave Dickinson this week. We're going to get Dave on twice because he will join us on Friday night. That's because the Calgary Stampeders have a game on Thursday against the Toronto Argonauts. We want to talk about that game when we come back here with the coach. And again, if you have a question for the coach, this is now your time to get it in here on Sports Talk with Jock. You know the number, 403-974-8255. By the way, the best question, the best call tonight, uh, you might just win some Stampeder tickets, Stamps and the Argos on Thursday night. It's the concert series. That is a 7 o'clock kickoff. The Coach's Show brought to you by Tom's House of Pizza, where pizza lovers feel at home with locations in Calgary and in Okotoks. He is the head coach of your Calgary Stampeders. The Stamps losing 30-23 to the Hamilton Tiger Cats on Saturday night. They get right back at it Thursday night against the Toronto Argonauts. This is your opportunity to talk to the coach here on the home of the Calgary Stampeders. 403-974-8255. First text is from Kevin, coach. And Kevin says, hey, Dave, really like the personnel across the board on the O-line. Love our tailback group. However, uh, your thoughts on the running game, because it appears teams are just loading up the box against us, and maybe the slots aren't hitting on their blocks. Uh, your thoughts to get more production on the run game? Yeah, it's a work in progress. I mean, uh, I think we did an okay job. We didn't do a lot of it. They they ran a front that gives us a little bit of trouble. It's more of a, he's right, we have more windows and holes to throw the ball. Um, you know, I think teams obviously like to make a, take away some part of our offense and right now especially with bow out i think that was the goal and they had got hit the previous week for a lot of yards so yeah they definitely loaded the box and, and made us throw the ball that's why uh, we didn't have as many opportunities we didn't do a great job uh moving people but let's give them credit they got a heck of a d-line tedler on inside is very difficult to move he's very strong one of the best in the league and um you know we we didn't i wouldn't say there were big holes there but we had a little bit of action. Kadeem made a couple of nice plays, kind of got unlucky with, a, I guess, a face mask. I didn't see it, but that, that cost us a big run. And then ultimately, yeah, we just weren't able to, to kind of get on track. So that was a product of a little bit of the drop balls, too, because if you get first down, now you get some rhythm, get some timing. Now you can be a little bit more, uh, get more plays in your playbook. Uh, we just weren't able to do that. Uh, following up on that, Kevin also asked about the, the one-blown coverage uh, with the Banks TD. Uh, obviously, that was a zone coverage. Uh, just, you, just your thoughts, because uh, two guys went after one defender and Banks was all alone? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it. I mean, let's be, you know, as, as a play caller, myself, uh, Brent, yeah, after things and even the decision on the field, when they don't work, obviously, um, you look at it and you say, gosh, I wish we would have done something different. But we've ran that coverage and we've seen that route combination we just didn't think underneath it and we got uh i guess fixated on the inside corner route 
we do a lot of passing. We pass routes, you know, between DBs, and and that's one of the things we've been doing a good job. But with the communication, that's why I need guys there uh, without injuries. Uh, they can talk it out. We just miscommunicate. It was second and 20 out of 22. I mean, I I hard-pressed to think somebody could get that wide open, but uh, they did a good job, and they found the opening. Uh, following that up, uh, Garrett asks, uh, is Brandon, ba- sorry, not Brandon Banks, Brandon, uh, uh, Brandon Smith, is he, is he close for this Thursday? Yeah, we think he'll be practicing tomorrow. Um, but let's be cautious. It is a hamstring. Um, but you know, hopefully see him out there. He's planning on it. And, uh, you know, if he passes all the tests and feels good, we'll uh, we'll have him playing against Toronto. Uh, on that note, too, I wasn't noted for practice day. Uh, Juwan Breskison, was he was he on the field today? He was. It was just a walkthrough today. So yeah. you know, for the guys that you know have actual you know muscle pulls and, and those type of injuries, you weren't able to test it at all today. Um, but Bress looks good, and I I'm pretty confident that uh, he has a clean slate right now and should be able to go for for this game. I'm not sure this is a fair question for you uh, as the coach, but Garrett asks, uh, the Simone Lawrence situation just boggles my mind. How is he able to play in this game is beyond me. Uh, maybe the player shouldn't be allowed to play until the appeal is heard. Any thoughts, coach? Uh, you know, if you, don't want to t- if you don't want to touch that one, I'm okay with that. Well, I, I, I made my comment as far as, listen, I don't want to sound like sour grapes either because uh, I was a player and a player rep, but I don't understand why in the CFL things take so long. I mean, Jonathan Rose... He didn't even miss a game. No. Uh, you know, Simone, uh, you know, I don't really want to get involved whether I think it's a one-game, two-game, or none game, but I think that this should be resolved and should have been resolved weeks ago. And I think somehow, some way, we've got to look in the, in the, at the process and, and, and get this happen. It's almost like, hey, wait till there's a bye week, then we'll handle it, and we won't get any media attention. So that's, that's not the way you should handle business. You should have a protocol, and you should get it done in a timely manner and move forward. Uh, this is from Dave, not you, obviously, but a different Dave. And Dave says, uh, listening to the show last week, you mentioned that you feel one game in the CFL is like five games, or, sorry, ten games in, in the National Hockey League. So how are you adjusting your, your game plan this week on the short week? Well, I think physically, you know, the beating you take, obviously playoff hockey is different, but I think the beating you take in, in football is about the equivalent of that. Um you know, they're on a bit of a short week, too. And a lot of times when we used to do the back-to-backs, which we do again with Edmonton, you know, as long as both teams are kind of in that same boat, they're on six, we're on five, they can kind of even the playing field out a little bit. It's tough, though, when one team has nine and another team has five or comes off a bye. That that really, I think, played in our favor for against Sask. Uh, we were a lot fresher than them. So you don't adjust, you know, uh, your, your practice schedule is limited. We basically have one practice on the field. Um, so we are going to try to do some different stuff, but we we had to, you know, steal it from our foundation, from our playbook from the past, because there's really not enough time to, to come up with a bunch of new plays. Mm-hmm. And on that note, Cliff just uh, weighed in and said, uh, what do you see as a key matchup versus Toronto? Well, what I'm seeing, to be honest, is there's a lot of fight in that team. They haven't won a game yet, but I don't know if the, the people agree with me, but there's no, there's no quit there. They're 100% all in. Now they're making mistakes and they're falling behind early and they can't overcome it. Um, you know, they're, I think their quarterback is solid. Uh, you know, I do feel like they have a lot of talent. The receiving core, I think, is excellent. Has a good running back. Uh, their defense is starting to gel. I didn't really feel like Winnipeg did much against them. They gave up big plays on special teams and then gave up two two home runs. So they are coming around. We just have to do the same as everyone else. Try to get on them early. 
uh, see if we can get that lead, and then uh, and hopefully they're the ones making the mistakes. Well, that's what happened in that Winnipeg game. What they gave up twenty one points in the first quarter. The opening kickoff, uh, you know, goes for goes for six, and uh, and and it was almost game over early. Although they did show some fight being down so early in that game. They've been fighting. I mean, even versus Sass, they gave up early and they came back after the lightning break. Um, you know, every team can win. I'm guaranteeing you that uh, against anybody. Uh, and I don't believe there's a big difference. Uh, skill level. I think ultimately it's are your best players your best players? Are they making plays? And who can now uh, take care of the football? And that's penalties, throw penalties in there, and that's your winning formula right there. <laughs> well, Coach, uh, we're out of time. Uh, thanks again for your time. Really appreciate it. And as I said, we get to double dip this week, so uh, we'll do it again on Friday night. Sounds good, Jock. All right. You, you betcha. Take care. Dave yeah, Dickinson, bye. head coach of the Calgary Stampeders, joins us after every single game. So he won't be with us next Monday night. He'll join us on Friday night instead. The Coach's Show brought to you by Tom's House of Pizza, where pizza lovers feel at home with locations in Calgary and in Okotoks. Tell you what, we still got a lot to come your way in the next 30 minutes. So we had the sad and tragic ending for the 2019 Calgary Stampede. We're going to get to our rodeo report for Advantage Ford. That's with Todd Saloff, sports editor for the Calgary Sun and Post Media. Moses will do from Global Sports right around the corner. This is Sports Talk with Jock. This is 770 CHQR.